today on CityCast Denver. It's a $10 billion business in Colorado, weed. But just like almost every other industry, the majority of that wealth is sitting in the pockets of mostly white business owners. It is basically redlining for cannabis. Well, Mayor Hancock and Governor Polis are trying to boost social equity in the cannabis industry with some new city and statewide proposals. We talk with one cannabis activist about these proposals and why it's so hard for black and brown people to break into the industry. If you're trying to address a specific issue, you better take better specific steps to do so. Today is Thursday, April 8th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. We're back to temperatures in the 70s again, Denver. So get outside and get some sunshine if you can. Yikes! Colorado reported its first two cases of a new COVID-19 variant that has the ability to reinfect people who have already had the coronavirus. This means that masking up and maintaining that social distance is still important, even if you've been vaccinated. Colorado has fared much better economically during the pandemic than anticipated, meaning more money in the state's wallet. This week, state lawmakers started debating an $800 million stimulus package aimed at things like repairing bridges and tunnels. It will also help rural residents with funding for affordable housing development, mental health, child care, and more. While just a handful of Denver Public Library locations reopened last month, it looks like as of this Friday, all library branches will be open to the public. Hours vary per location, so be sure to check DPL's website before you make a trip back to your beloved neighborhood branch. Who is the face of weed in Denver in 2021? It's a white bro. 87% of Colorado's cannabis business owners identify as white, according to Forbes. But recently, lawmakers on the state and city levels have been making moves to change that. Governor Polis signed a bill giving $4 million in funding to cannabis business applicants. But they must qualify for a new social equity program intended to address communities impacted by the war on drugs. Meanwhile, Mayor Hancock is supporting a proposal to give exclusive licensing opportunities to people currently underrepresented in the cannabis industry. It's recording. Ready. (laughs) And remember, don't let me go out of your sight till I send it to you. (laughs) You might not get it. Hashim Coates is executive director of Black, Brown, and Red Badged, an organization that supports black and brown cannabis business owners and pushes for more social equity policies on the state and local level. In the past couple of years, I feel social equity has been a buzzword um, when it comes to cannabis. But I'd love to hear from you, what does social equity mean in the cannabis space? So social equity in the cannabis space right now sometimes is often an oxymoron. It's it's a buzzword. I think it's a word right now to go along with the whole browning of America to help help traditional. When I say traditional, I guess I mean the big cannabis corporations that are predominantly white male or white driven. It is something to help them sleep at night as a phrase, but when you look at <clears throat> what it really is or what it should be, it should be helping to right a wrong from the racist past of the drug war, um, you know, the whole Nixon-Reagan type of push and activation on the black and brown communities, 
Um, fast forward, we saw the harm that's done to the communities, um, gentrification, destroying lives, crazy incarceration sentences. Um, then all of a sudden cannabis becomes interesting because it's becoming available for medical medicinal uses, then it becomes available for recreational uses and everybody rushes to get in. And then in Colorado, um, his name eludes me, but there was a black lobbyist that was pushing like, hey, hey, don't forget, like make sure that black and brown people are not excluded from this. But at that point, no one really cared. And so now in 2021, we're doing social equity to undo the haphazard mistakes that could have been avoided years ago, back when we first began getting cannabis legalized in Colorado. It, it seems like this is such a deeply rooted in America problem that's trying to be addressed by something that's sort of surface. Yes, America and Colorado have a long history of just doing surface level type of work. No one wants to dig in and have the hard conversations of what it's like, of what racism is, what the effects of racism were, what white supremacy is, and how do we heal from it? So. I was present and I'm grateful for the bill sign. I was present at the bill sign and I'm grateful for the $4 million that was done as it relates to social equity. Okay, so the bill signing you were present at, you're talking about the one that Governor Polis just did for the $4 million social equity fund for people in the cannabis industry. And I mean, $4 million is not a ton of money when you think about the whole state budget. Uh, how helpful do you think this fund will be and what could people really do with it? Basically, when you look at the average, it's $5 million to get in for one brick and mortar building. What does $4 million really do to balance out social equity across the board? And so that money can go towards making sure that these businesses are able to stay in the market and are not squeezed out, you know, not to make us acquirable. It is harder to stay in the game than it is to enter the game. And that's where you're seeing there's not a lot of entry points for the game, you're saying. Right. It's, or it's too, so, is it too expensive at this point? Well, it, it's, it's way too expensive. Right now, it's a real estate game. It's a real estate game. So <sighs> black and brown businesses are fighting against the traditional businesses because they've come in and they've acquired all of the, all the land. So now you have the land that is gone. Then you have communities that have fought tooth and nail for it not to be accessible there. Um, so then we're Denver social equity plan says there's all this land, but when you really look at it, it's on the outskirts, it's on the outskirts of community and it is basically redlining for cannabis. I was thinking about that because I live in a predominantly Spanish speaking neighborhood and we have a lot of dispensaries, mm -hmm. but my mother lives in Wash Park and you don't see a lot of dispensaries. Nope. I'm, I'm not in our communities, not in our backyard. So the Hancock administration has proposed that all new marijuana business licenses in Denver be reserved until 2027, particularly for owners who qualify for a new social equity designation. And I know that you mentioned that there's an important difference here between people who have licenses and people who actually own cannabis businesses. How much of an impact do you think this proposal will have on actually building social equity? Let's just say this. It doesn't work unless you adjust the proximity aspect of it. And when you say proximity, you're talking about the required thousand foot distance between cannabis businesses and schools, right? Right. Because I can give you all the materials you need to build your dream home. But when I tell you there's no land available, your materials do you no good. Right. And how and, and 
and and what are the specific railroads that are being set up that these aren't just being utilized by by as shell licenses or sh or dummy shell companies Manchurian, yeah. yeah um type of entities through through the big corporations so yeah if you want to be if you're trying to address a specific issue you better take better specific steps to do so so this proposal's not getting deep enough into the the price the basically the price of real estate and the the re the regulations around where businesses can be so you can you can say there's more licenses opportunity is all you want, but there's nowhere to put those businesses. Exactly. In an ideal world, what does social equity in cannabis look like to you? So if I had my druthers, social equity would look like one, starting with talking with the black and brown business owners. Let's just start there and surveying the needs and seeing that there are commonalities across the spectrum of owners from those who have been in here in the business since 2009 versus those that just got in the business in in, in 2020 um 2019 um making sure that there is space cut out we can't have social equity if we're not willing to do things that are specific to attack something as specific as racism and as targeting uh, maybe also breaking from the 280 taxes What's that? Um, that so the, it's the taxes that that um, cannabis companies have to pay, and people think that there's so much. There is a lot of money in cannabis, but people think that like because you own something in cannabis, like you're 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 rolling around in it. But if, when you're taxed at eighty percent of your income, and then after that eighty percent, you have to meet payroll and everything else. Yikes! Yeah, you know. So so some of that is crazy as well too. Um, when we look at cities like Aurora. I mean in Currently, there's a city council majority that is interested in doing better on social equity, but there are no black and brown cannabis shops in Aurora. In our most diverse city in the state. Yes. Wow. And that speaks exactly to what you're talking about, which is who is who is able to enter this market in the first place. If you really care about social equity, um, stop putting speed bumps onto the on-ramp towards this. Um you know, it, it's like a constructive failure uh, that 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 the industry, the traditional cannabis industry, is pushing on that. Um, but always circling back around with the black and brown business owners, not just so much the licensees. Um, while they are important as well, it's just a different perspective of being an owner in the industry, and that's how we can start to work, take those steps towards social equity, true social equity. Well, Hashim, this has been so enlightening. I appreciate your perspective. Uh, it's something we don't dig into enough when we talk about the wonders of legal weed. You know, <laughs> like come to Colorado, we have legal weed. But also we're dealing with centuries old uh, racism, like you're talking about white supremacy and these issues, in it, like any other issue in our, our country. Yeah. So. Yep. I mean, it's 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 a... It's a deep-rooted issue that it's all related. Yes. That's all related. It's yeah. all interconnected. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our super cool morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Later.
there's a 30 Rock joke about this where Jenna's in a movie called The Rural Juror and no one ever knows what she's saying. <laughs> she's like, it's my new movie, The Rural Juror. 